You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 227 for October 9th, 2017. Welcome back. Today we are doing our recap of the 2017 Berlin Marathon. So that's going to be the only thing we're going to be talking about today because obviously it's a big race. Um, Lots to talk about. Yeah, it was Lots a to recap. big trip, exciting trip. So um, that's it. That's all we're going to talk about today, start to finish. So um, I guess let's jump into this. So you're saying we can't go off on tangents is what you're saying. Well, it wouldn't be an episode unless we did, but I... Yeah. But, but hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. Okay. We won't stray too far. Gotcha. So um, let me... Let me set this up at the beginning here. So, so first off, apologies because um, we're probably gonna mispronounce some stuff. Yeah, um, we definitely don't speak German, and so um, when it comes to names of places or buildings or something, or I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but um, apologies for mispronunciations at the start of this. Unintentional. We're yeah. just trying our best. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, I guess for the for the sake of just discussing the race. Um, Obviously, this is a race in Germany and Europe. Um, we'll probably be kind of contrasting it to races in the U.S. and maybe specifically comparing it to the Chicago Marathon, mainly because they are extremely similar races. Mm-hmm. They're they're both world marathon majors. They're both big city races. They're both around forty thousand people. Um, both pretty flat and fast. We've run both of them. We've both of us have run both of them. Um, both start and finish in a park, big park, big city park. Um, so I think we, we, we might use Chicago as just a way to compare it because maybe more of our listeners have probably run Chicago than have run Berlin. So, um, And it's just a way to kind of go through it. So yeah. setting that up there at the beginning. Uh, let's knock out just the elite stuff really quick. Um, on the women's side, Gladys Chirona was the female winner in 2-20-23. On the men's side, Iliad Kipchoge won in 2-03-32. No world record, which a lot of people were looking for, but the conditions were not up to that. So, I mean, we'll be kind of getting into that reasoning. Um, Kip Sang and Bekele both dropped, and um, newcomer Adola was kind of there at the finish for the, for a little bit of a duel towards the end, which mm-hmm. kind of made it exciting. But um, we were we were racing at the time, our own races, so it's not like we got to uh, check that out. So, all right. So that's kind of the setup I wanted to get out of the way. Let's kind of jump into things here. Um, I guess let's go all the way back to the beginning. We flew out from uh, San Francisco and took a direct flight to Berlin on, we went on Wednesday, right? Yes. I had to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. We left Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. We left Wednesday. Day or afternoon. Which gets us there on Thursday with travel time and and time changes. Um, So we went to Berlin straight away on Thursday Um, and we had like a day or whatever to kind of kick around two days um, to kind of kick around the city. Um, We ended up going to the race expo on Friday evening. Mm -hmm. Kind of had to, we were out in Potsdam, right? Yeah. Kind of had a rush to uh, make it to the expo on Friday evening before they closed, but we were there for like the last two hours of the day or whatever it was um, because we just wanted to knock it out on Friday Mm -hmm. and not get to it Saturday. Um, So let's talk about the expo. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to start with that? You want me to start with that? Yeah, no, I mean, one of the things, um, they had signage up pretty well in terms of where to go, like how to enter um, the area for the expo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people were getting there through like public transportation, so probably the majority of people, I think, mm-hmm. were getting there that way. So there was signage right from there um, that you could easily follow to make sure you're going the right way. Um, and then before you even got into the building, um, they were checking ID and um, 
I forgot what they called it, your your race card or... I thought they called it a race passport. There, I think. Okay. Unless I made that up. I but. can't remember, but basically making sure that you, you know, were registered for the race bef- um, before they let you into the building, which is something different than what mm-hmm. we would experienced actually at any race, mm-hmm. you know, because usually, um, you know, you just can go in with your friends and family members right from the beginning to pick up your bib. Yeah, that got you in a big pickup. I assume you could have gone in through the exit too if you just wanted to go to the expo and work. Yeah, yeah, because the, the expo was completely open to the public and there was plenty of people there that were not running the race. But was definitely surprised by that. I was like, oh, wait, let me dig into my pockets and um, yeah. get my ID out. And so, right. Yeah. And then once in the building, um, then before you could even get to the windows for a bib pickup, they actually put a, a bracelet on your wrist. Um, I think that's one of the ways to combat to make sure that you are not. Um, Selling your bib, transferring your bib, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that, that you shouldn't be doing, yeah, essentially. So you, so you stick your hand in a little, I don't know, in the ribbon, I guess. They loop the ribbon around and then they, somebody like glues the end. Yeah, it's a little machine that kind yeah. of glues the end and cuts it. It's like a cloth, yeah. I don't know, bracelet, I guess you want to call it. Yeah, which yeah. makes for a nice souvenir. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I guess, in place to combat um, giving your bibs away to other people or selling your bibs and... Um, I don't know how sh- sure proof away that is, but um, it's a step, I guess, yeah. to make it more difficult. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got your bracelet, and then you just kind of go to, uh, they direct you pretty easily to... Um, actually pick up your bib. To actually get your bib. Yeah, and there was plenty of windows that were... Yeah. It wasn't split up in terms of... Um, I mean, they're split up in terms of events, and but not split up... As far as like your bib number or right. your last name or anything like that. So it's kind of nice. You could just go to any of those windows. And mm-hmm. I don't think there was anybody in line like at the windows that we went to. Nope. So I went straight Just walked away. up and yeah. Got the bib. Um, I can't remember if we mentioned in the last episode that there was an option to either um, have a gear check, like a bag to check your things mm-hmm. or to have a poncho post race and we couldn't remember what we had signed up for we had an idea <laughs> right but we weren't sure so it was confirmed when we pick up picked up our bibs because i basically got a bag to for gear check and you did not get a bag for gear check yeah i went with and the poncho. Had, had like a poncho thing i think on your bib or that's something a little like picture that. of so, a poncho yeah yeah we're like, oh okay so yeah that's what we ended up doing so it's kind of funny um but yeah up until that point we couldn't really remember what we had registered for months ago <laughs> had been a while yeah um one thing to note right off the bat here is Unlike, see, here's the comparisons begin. Um, now, most races in the U.S., uh, your your timing chip is essentially glued to the back of your bib. Oh, good point, yeah. Um, this race is not like that. They use, um, I don't know what they call them over there. Over here, I usually refer to them as the championships, uh, the ones you kind of put on your shoelaces mm-hmm. or your shoe. Um, you could rent one of those, as which is, I guess, what we did. Right. Or a lot of people over there have their own. So yeah, you could and just they just use them for own. all their races. Yeah, so little bit different there mm-hmm. to kind of jump ahead on that one um i think had you not reminded me about the chip the night before the race i would not have had an official time because you had forgotten that you I totally take the chip, forgot that there was that, a chip that there was a yeah, separate, separate chip. chip in my bag yeah. um and so yeah you saved me on that one because otherwise i don't think i would have had a time because i totally you know i'm just so used to you know your your bib is your is your chip essentially so yeah i think we were like laying our stuff out and i'm like oh you know did you get your chip and you're like what <laughs> So, yeah, that was pretty funny. Chips, yes. I will take some chips and salsa, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that was a little different, too, is um, race shirts. I don't know if that's, you were going to talk about that next. Um, sure. Go. Or, okay. So, um, 
you don't automatically get a reshirt. No, it's um, not you included. Can, yeah, with so your you reg. can you can purchase at the time of registration what you want to purchase, and I can't remember what all the options are, but I remember definitely um, a finisher shirt mm-hmm. um, and a participant shirt being options. I know there was more things, but those are the two that I remember for sure. Um, or you can opt for you know no shirt. I mean, you're paying for the the you know an additional price for the shirts mm-hmm. not included in the registration fee. So um, you know you could opt for no shirt if you don't want a shirt. So we both opted for the finisher shirt and had purchased that at the time of registration. You also have the option to just kind of have, take a risk and um, see if you can purchase whatever you want at the expo because they are they were selling those there as well. So, although a lot of the sizes on the shirts were, I think gone already when we were the there. Yeah, shirts and yeah. we were there on Friday. Right, the expo did take place on Thursday. That was the first day. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so we we're there on day two of three. Although I still kind of assume Saturday was the busiest day, but I could be wrong. Right. No, um, I think it probably was. So we had to make our way towards the back of the expo to pick mm-hmm. our our shirts. I don't know if anybody could hear that. That's Alexa talking in the background. Yeah, apparently she um, thought we were talking to her, but she, she wants to be part of uh, the podcast. Yeah, um, she did not run the race, so we're not going to listen to her at all. So okay, so shirts. Yeah, those are shirts. I do like the fact that hey, if you don't want a shirt, you're essentially not paying yeah, for one. So right. um, it's a little bit cheaper. The one thing I can't talk about is how much the Berlin Marathon costs because I didn't make a note of it, and it's been a while. I know at the time I didn't find it to be particularly expensive of a race considering it's a world marathon major. Right. So, um, just wanted to throw that out there, I guess. Yeah. It looks like it was about, for some reason we paid a different price, but <laughs> <laughs> 153 or 163 us. Us. Yeah. Which I did not, that included the shirt. Yes. Obviously, that included the shirt. Yes. That included the so shirt. So if you didn't right. want the shirt, it would have been less. Yeah. And considering yeah, so it's not... Chicago, I think it will, well, at least most recently it was around 185 I think 190 so. It's yeah. almost 200 bucks. So not that bad in terms of pricing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we got all the pickup stuff taken out of the way, out of the way, got our shirts. Um, and then it was just time to kind of cruise around the expo, which um, the expo in and of itself was kind of smaller than I thought it would be or that I yeah. expected. Um, the building that it's in, I, I from what we were told, is not the same as it used to be in kind of years years past so it, the, the building itself was kind of it's almost like split into little different rooms kind of and you know it's not one huge um like big conference room at a hotel type yeah. of thing that you would see i thought it was a little bit smaller than chicago mm-hmm. um, and i wouldn't call it comparison. a small expo but no. smaller than yeah. yeah um so yeah we just cruised around and checked out the stuff and it, you mm-hmm. know it's always interesting going to another country and going to an expo because number one you see brands that you never heard of right um just a lot of different stuff. I mean, you see a lot of the same people, you know, obviously Hoka was there and, you know, a lot of the shoe companies were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Asics. Asics. Obviously, Adidas was the um, main uh, apparel sponsor. So, um, if you wanted to buy extra goodies and stuff, um, they had a big Adidas section where you could buy the, you know, kind of official race gear, the hats, mm-hmm. the shirts, jackets, all that good stuff. Um, I will cop to the fact that I did buy a jacket, <laughs> the official <laughs> race jacket for the year. Um, that was kind of my, my Germany souvenir. So that, at least that's how I justified it to myself. So um, <laughs> I did do that. Um, but yeah, it was cool just kind of seeing different stuff, you know, at, at different races around the expo. It's kind of cool because you're just seeing European races, you know, stuff that we would never see at an expo and that, you know, we're not familiar with. So it was kind of cool checking out some of those races. You know, obviously we're never going to do 99% of those. 
because um, they're not necessarily worth the trip for those, but it, it was kind of cool checking them out at the expo and, and seeing different stuff. Um, what else from the expo do we want to talk about? Nothing else that I can think of. Um, oh, we know we did see uh, people picking up bibs for the other events too, um, like the, the skating event that was going to be on Saturday. So they also had a whole section of like skating specific gear and that sort of thing, which we normally don't see at a marathon expo. Yeah. So yeah. Inline skating. Yeah. Um, so to us, that's like, huh? What? Yeah. What is this that you guys are speaking of? Um, we know what inline skating is, but we don't see that as essentially a race. So, um, the inline skaters had their event on Saturday, which was not the exact same marathon course, but a very, very similar, similar course. So they got their 26.2 miles, um, done on Saturday. Um, by the numbers, that was actually about 5,500 people that took place, um, that took part in that event, which is kind of cool, kind of unique. We mm-hmm. got to see a couple see a of minutes of it, of it yeah. um, on Saturday evening. So um, very unique. So yeah, part of the expo stuff was like inline skating yeah. and um, kind of unique. It's not stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's not something we see here. So definitely very different. Um, I will go give kudos to to Berlin at this point because, you know, obviously they're shutting down the city to to run the race on Sunday, basically shutting down, you know, a ton of streets. Same thing on Saturday evening um, for that. So that would be a tough sell, I think, to a lot of U.S. cities yeah. for that much closure. Yep. Um, and then there was also like a kids' run, which I don't know any of the details on that one. But I know yeah. that was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, just since we're kind of on the subject, there was also a mini marathon, which I don't know anything about, but it was about ten thousand people. Um, and then there was a breakfast run that was on Saturday morning. Obviously, the the marathon's on Sunday. I don't know if we said that, but typical marathon day, right? Um, there was a breakfast run on Saturday, which was free. Mm-hmm. It's basically anybody um, can go run it. Could just go and do it. Yep. Um, finished in the uh, the stadium over there, mm-hmm. Olympic Stadium, um, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, free? Did I say free already? Yeah, you did. Okay. It's yeah. just you know you got to reiterate the free part. <laughs> um, we didn't partake because we kind of wanted to save the legs and have more time for sightseeing. But um, it's a pretty cool big event. Um, you get some good breakfast afterwards. Yeah, breakfast. From- yeah, what we were told. Yeah. Did I mention it was free? Yeah, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's get back. Um, so that was it for the expo, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's it for expo. So yeah. So that was our Friday, Saturday. I think we just went hopping around, checking things out again. Like I said, got to check out a little bit of the, got to at least see the skate real quick on Saturday from afar, um, which is cool because they're just amazingly fast as they blow by mm-hmm. you. All right, should we get to Sunday race day? Yes, let's do that. So Sunday race day. Um, I think we mentioned it before. Um, late start. For us. It was going to be. Yeah. Um, to us. To, although it sounds like it's a typical start for races there. Yeah, so from the lowdown, we got um, kind of normal in Germany mm-hmm. to start. You right. know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock race starts. Yeah. Not, not out of the... The norm, I think, mm-hmm. kind of comparing it back to Chicago. Chicago is at 8 a.m. Uh, wave 1, 8.30, wave 2. Um, Berlin was going to basically be a, a 9.15, wave 1, 9.30, wave 2, 10 a.m. Um, was going to be wave 3. So Sunday morning, it was awesome in that we didn't have to wake up that early. Yeah. Didn't really have to worry was... about like, oh, let's go to sleep early because whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually... Uh, we were staying at the Marriott Hotel in the Postdamer Platz area, in case you ever actually do decide to go to Berlin and look for a hotel, which worked out pretty nice because it's pretty close to um, Tiergarten, 
mm-hmm. park, which is kind of the, the location for the start and finish of the race and kind of all the pre-race stuff and all the post-race stuff there. So, um, yeah, wait, late start for us. Cool. Sleep in. No worries. Um, basically when we did finally get up, <laughs> um, we just basically walked our way over to, uh, Tear Garden Park, mm-hmm. um, along with all the other thousands of people that were, that were walking, um, from either close by or came in on public transpo, um, to kind of walk over that direction too. So, um, short walk, pretty easy. Um, I think we made a pretty decent decision with our location there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, went to the start. They of course have, you know, your secure runner areas where, um, to kind of get in there, you had to show your bib and your bracelet, which I'm pretty sure the person that I walked by checked both. I don't know if you mine did not check my bracelet and I tried to pull up my sleeve to show me that's okay. I was like, okay. So I totally didn't need the bracelet, but I mean, I think in general they were checking. So kind of looked through my, kind of not really looked through my gear check bag. It was Mm -hmm. clear. So I just took a glance at it. So, uh, it was a cool morning. We had gotten some rain overnight. Um, it was kind of a drizzle, you know, it's that cloudy drizzly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't foggy, but it's almost like there's just so much moisture in the air. So the ground was totally wet. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty cool. That had been our coolest. Actually, that was the coolest day. Probably (laughs) coolest, coldest, wettest day of our entire time. I think so. In Germany. Yeah. So perfectly lined up for race day, I guess. Um, but yeah, I got into the, the secure renter area, and I think the first thing we did was probably look for your gear check, mm-hmm. which gear check was kind of spread out all over the place. And not in a way that I completely understood the layout. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there was a, a method to it, but it, it wasn't intuitive to me. And I know like we had, you know, like the pre-race information that they give you, like the booklets and everything that talks about like, you know, the, the start area, the finish line area. And I I looked at that the day before and still couldn't really quite figure out where my gear check was going to be. So mm. we, uh, I went there knowing that I may not find a gear check <laughs> and just not check anything. So, but yeah, so yeah, we found that first. Yeah. We looked around and then we had to look at a map that actually showed where all the gear checks were. Yeah, Cause the yeah. gear check was lots of different tents based on your bib numbers. Yep. Whereas to kind of compare it to say Chicago, Chicago, I think if I remember correctly, it's like, there's the big, I think it's, well, it's the two waves. So it's kind of wave one and wave two. Right. And just huge tents. Yep. And so it's easy to find. So this one was much more, um, Divided up and kind of spread out all over the place. But we did find your gear check. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it was an issue. We had plenty of time. Um, Drop stuff off in your bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, basically at that time, we actually split ways kind of early there. Yeah. Because we were in separate waves. Right. And so um, I said ciao and I, I left you because we were kind of over a gear check closer to your uh, your start area. And I left for, for my, my corral. Um, or I should say block. They say blocks. Yes, over there. So starting so, blocks. Yeah, uh, starting blocks. We say starting corrals. So meaning the same. Same thing. thing. Yeah. Um. So we kind of split ways there. I mean, anything you want to say about kind of heading towards your block? Um. No, I mean it was um a little bit longer of a walk than I thought it was going to be. Not very long, but you know, just a little bit longer of a walk. Uh, but a nice little walk through to your garden. So that was nice. Um, and there was plenty of guys um using the facilities there the bushes and the trees even oh, just okay. walking to the starting block so that was kind of kind of funny mm-hmm. um the porta potties were kind of spread out there wasn't like two like areas with just tons of like porta potties like all in a row mm-hmm. um there'd be like a few here a few there a few here a few there um and there was quite a few right outside 
um, the starting block, at least when, when I, where I was, there was quite a few right outside of it. And that was actually the ones with the shortest line or no line actually when I got there. So those mm-hmm. are the ones I ended up using. So I don't know if you had the same experience where you were. Um, so it's kind of nice to have some so close to the starting block. So didn't really have to wait long for that. Got into my starting block and they did check my bib pretty well. Made sure that I was in the right area. So yeah. and just uh, waited. They did have like a table with um, with water right right outside. You could access it from inside the starting block, but it was positioned right outside of it. So yeah, yeah. When I um when I headed to my block, which was H, which was the last block, which I'll describe that more in a minute. But um. Yeah, water. I don't remember the water. Um, they did have boxes just sitting on the side with, uh, I'd say, mylars, but they actually weren't mylar. They were just plastic. So lots of people um, were grabbing the plastic just to kind of keep themselves warmer as they waited around or used to kind of sit down. So lots of people did that. Um, when I headed towards my block, sounds so weird saying block to me, but... Um, <laughs> you can say corral if you want. I mean, everybody knows we're talking about the same thing. I'm trying thing, to stay so. on theme here, you know? Um, yeah, porta potties were near um, or basically right on the outside of the of the block there. Um, so you had the same thing that I did. Yeah. Then. Same thing. Kind of the smallest lines I've ever seen at a race this size for porta potties. So I don't know if that's just credit to how many they have and how spread out all over the place that they were. Um, so I was able to, you know, porta potty, no problem. I, I did get into my, you were able to porta potty, no problem. Is that what I said? <laughs> I think that's a new running verb. It's a new verb. Yeah. So then I porta pottied. <laughs> I porta pottied. No problem. Um, and then hopped in my, my corral. I'll just make it easier myself. Um, I did because um, I was forewarned that you know H was a very large corral, and so um, I didn't want to get slowed down too much, and so I did kind of get in the corral early and make my way basically as close as I could to the front, which I was ended up being pretty close to the front, so it worked out. Yeah, that was kind of my my pre pre race thing there. Um, the one thing I was going to mention. Um, so for starting blocks or corrals, there was A through H, um, and then those are split up into three different waves. So A through E was wave one, uh, wave two was F and G, and then wave three is H. Kind of, I don't know if we talked about it in a previous podcast. Um, it's kind of interesting that the last corral, the last block, that last wave is basically everybody that's 415 and slower, which is... It seems like a, a large group of people. It's a large group of people. Or could um, be. You know, normally if you're a 417 runner, you're not, not any other race that I've ever been to, been been in the last corral or mm-hmm. last wave. That's usually not how it works out. But um, And then basically, that's based on the time of you submitted. If this is your first marathon that you've ever done, you're automatically thrown in H. Yeah. Um, you're automatically starting at the back. So kind of tough if you're, you know, a 415, a 415. 25 runner because you're probably gonna have a pretty crowded and slow start um just because hey you're gonna be in there with you know with people that are 530 and 545s and six hour runners and so all being together that makes for a bit of a mismatched pace Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess you could say um not so much an issue if you're faster than 415 because there was obviously like i said there's there's more blocks and a couple different waves so um interesting way to kind of start it out uh wave one 915 a.m Wave two, nine thirty-five, and then wave three was going to be ten a.m., which, like I said, that's um, the latest I've ever started a marathon by by a good chunk. Yeah, so. I I agree. Same for me. Um, anything else you want to say there? Or should we jump into kind of the pre-race stuff? I think we could jump into the the pre-race. So basically, the street there that was kind of the big 
the big long line of of corrals and and waves um you know you're kind of you know obviously you're separated out on the street they had big television screens or big screens um set up every it wasn't every block but every i don't even know how to describe it any good chunk of distance there was definitely a screen in each um in each wave i don't mm-hmm. know about each corral um and i think there was an announcer you could hear um the one thing i'll give berlin a lot of credit for is i think in terms of the pre-race as you're standing in your corrals and you're kind of waiting around and you know obviously if you're in the back like me you get to you get to hear and the, the earlier waves go off and um number one the the, the speaker system was great because no matter where you were i think you could hear what was going on where in a lot of races i know when i started chicago like hey did you hear this and i'm like no i never heard yeah. that i had no idea what was going on at the front because things are just so spread out so yeah i mean i was in wave two and heard everything really well you were in wave three and heard everything really well yeah so yeah. It was cool because you could hear everything that's going on. The announcer, they played clips of like people wishing you good luck from yeah. like every different country in the world. Um, the elites obviously started in front of us and actually did check in with the elites like, yeah. after five minutes and 15 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. So it was kind of cool um, being able to see on the screen. Yeah. You know, when what they got to like the 5K on. mark. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty like cool. I said, the screens, you know, were, were easy to see. Um, they had music going on at different times. You know, there was a nice little countdown for every, for every wave start. Um, so I think in, in terms of that, that lead up to it, um, in terms of counting it down right before the race, I think that's the best race I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, even beating Disney races, which have a lot going on before the race, but I actually like this because you could totally see and hear what was going on. So kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all the announcer stuff was done in German and English, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't. We think. We <laughs> could have been another. <laughs> it seemed way. like it. Yeah. In German and English. So if. Um, pretty easy if you're, you know, coming from the U S um, no problems there. So yeah, basically they just kind of counted down, um, each wave got a similar countdown since I saw them all, um, (laughs) got to see it three times. Yes. But, um, yeah, it was cool. It was exciting. You know, I, I I was, I was enjoying very much the kind of just waiting, you know, it's a long wait, um, if you're in the last corral there, but, um, they made it fun and interesting and Mm -hmm. I wasn't bored or going crazy or, you know, anything like that. So that was the race start. Anything else I'm missing on that one? Not that I can think of. Um, I mean, I made a, a friend, I don't know her name, from Australia. They were just, you know, <laughs> s- sitting in the, or standing in the starting block and got some tips on some marathons in, marathons in Australia. So that was pretty cool. All right. So the race itself, right? Yep. Um, like I said, conditions, wet roads, um, was definitely sprinkling raining a tiny bit for mm-hmm. my start late rain um early on just enough to kind of maybe it annoyed you maybe not i mean i don't i don't think it really had any effect for sure on my day yeah um but yeah basically race start hit the streets um being pretty unfamiliar with berlin i'm not gonna be able to describe neighborhoods or anything on the course yep or landmarks and so i think a lot of that just kind of blew by me and wasn't really sure um berlin is obviously a fast course um you know, you have that advantage of there's a nice blue line that shows you the fastest route on the course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I will say there there's people I just wanted to knock out, especially early in the race, because I'm like, come on, people, let's somewhat take the tangents. But that seems to be at every race. Um, I, I don't know why people insist on following the traffic lanes. Although it's, I think it's more difficult when you have a really crowded race where you literally True. can't all follow the tangent. Right. 
So, but, but yeah, but when, when everybody's just like spread out, like just like, oh yeah, let's, you know, let's really move as a group the towards the turn, right. here, guys. Come on now, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was definitely crowded. I mean, this is a big city race, so you're you're going to be running with lots of friends the entire time <laughs> from start to finish. The entire time, yep. You, <laughs> you know, will not be lonely. Yeah, you're going to be rubbing shoulders with lots of other friendly runners yep. um, throughout the course. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think because you mentioned the, the the blue line, it's like three three stripes, I guess, or um, on the road there that follow the whole marathon course, um, and it, which is which is pretty cool. And then I did try to run the tangent probably more this mm-hmm. race than I ever have before. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, I wasn't like cutting people off and pushing people out of the way, but you know, trying right. to stick to it as much as possible. And I think there's only two times where I kind of like zoned out. And then like, oh, where's the blue line? I'm like, darn it. I'm like way on the other side of the road, you know. Um, so just slowly make your way back over there. But I try to stick with it the like more this time than any other race. And um, I think my overall distance ended up being 26.47. Yeah, I, I, I had 26.5. So exact same. Yeah, basically. I think we had like the same distance, which I mean, it's not that far off No, over that, that much of a, that long of a, a race. So I was on that blue line. Um I was glued to that thing. Like white on rice? Yeah. (laughs) For the first eight miles or so, like just nailed it. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, you know, the race wears on and you get tired and your mind drifts and like, oh, wait a minute, where am I at? What's going on here? You're like, I'm not even on the course. No, just kidding. (laughs) Where did everybody go? Yeah. I think I got better as time went on with the exception of the two times I completely zoned out just because it was a little bit less busy. So I could actually stick to the blue line. More than like at the beginning, you know, there's some people around you. I'm not going to camp, like push my way through the crowd. Right. So, yeah. Um, I guess let's talk about aid stations. Um, oh yeah. One thing I wanted oh, okay. to mention, you did, um, everybody actually had the option to provide their own drinks for yes, aid stations. Which is weird. Yeah. Which is, I think is totally cool. Um, I don't know how that would actually work out, but, um, yeah. So you could provide your own, your own refreshments. Just kind of like the elites do. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, um, was pretty cool. So I just wanted to mention that. And you actually can drop them off i think obviously labeled with your name and you know you try to make it visible so it's easy for you to be able to to identify mm-hmm. your own refreshment um but you actually only have to provide them that day it's not you don't have to provide them at the day before or anything like that which a lot of times when i've seen that in general not a lot of times the couple of times i've seen that in general it's like you got to provide it like a day or two ahead of time so yeah which yeah so day of i will say beforehand i was like oh that's kind of unique that's kind of cool but like number one i don't really need that uh-huh. number two like oh that's got to be a mess, right? Because yeah. like, how many people are going to do this? And you know, even if you make your bottle unique, it's still going to be super hard. And by the time I came through, I don't know, it would have been a piece of cake because there really wasn't that many bottles on table. So I don't know if when you went through aid stations, when I went through, I mean, I'm sure there was more than when you went through, but it wouldn't have been like an issue. Yeah, yeah. Like I would have been able to find my. Bo- there was like there must have been a running club or something though that had like the same bottles. There was probably like when I came through, like maybe five or six people. Or runners that had like that same bottle. As long as you didn't have that one, it would have been like no, no problem. problem to yeah. find your bottle. So I thought that was pretty cool. So like, if, you're huh. gonna do, if you're going to do the race, go ahead and give that a shot. Yeah. You know? Just you know? try it out. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool having your own special whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just unique for like any race, but then especially for such a big race in a marathon majors, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention that yeah. before we started really talking about the water stations and aid stations and okay. all that. So yeah. Well, then I guess let's jump into the aid stations. Okay. Um, big city race, lots of people. There was definitely plenty of aid stations out mm-hmm. there. Um, First one was at 5K. Okay. Just throwing that out there. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not sure why. Just saying. Um, most of the aid stations had water, sports well, drink. Well, they all had water. They all, well, that's true. 
Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, they all had water. Mm-hmm. Most had sports drink too. Not all of them, mm-hmm. like you would normally see. Um, and then the third drink you could have was tea, mm-hmm. which is like sweet and what? tea. Yep. Which I don't know why I didn't read that before the race. So I did. Did you? Yeah, but I was like, eh, I've never trained with tea. <laughs> so I mean, I like tea, but I've never trained with tea. So you know, not gonna not gonna start now. Yeah. On course. When I got to the very first aid station, I was like, okay, water. I was like, tea, tea. I was like, I hope that's not the sports drink. And right. then I was like, oh, okay, here's the sports drink. Right, okay, cool. It's <laughs> like getting a little thrown off there. So yeah, pretty unique there. Um, so that was kind of, you know, what you're going to find at all the aid stations. Um, like I said, they didn't all have sports drink, but um, plenty of aid stations. Um, I, I did think some of the aid stations were actually pretty small, um, especially the early on ones in terms of like length of the aid mm-hmm. station, um, mm-hmm. in terms of getting drinks. Uh, comparing it to again Chicago I think I think Chicago's are kind of longer yeah um for sure early yep. on so it, it was a little bit of a a mess sometimes early trying on trying to get over there yeah um the other thing is they use plastic cups yeah they use that for the water and the tea so um which which made it easy to see whether it was water or tea yes because they're just clear plastic cups so you know normally here in the states we have you know, the paper cups, yeah. think of those Gatorade ones you see a right. lot, um, almost like wax coated. Yeah. Um, and it'd be cups. two different cups for a sports drink and one for right. water. But these yeah. are the clear little plastic cups, which um, they just make one hell of a mess when they're on the ground. Yeah. Because they just kind of, they don't squish down. They just kind of break into pieces mm-hmm. and kind of halves and they're super loud and they're kind of slippery and on a wet day. Um yeah, it was just kind of a weird little mess yeah. going on, and seems crazy to me, but um, yeah. And I think the sports drink was in paper cups, right? It was. But it was almost paper cups that, that didn't have like kind of that wax coating on them. Right. And so with the rain and all the stuff at the aid stations, they just kind of turned into- um, Like mush. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine you th- just throw- Like wet newspaper. Yeah, in a pile, pour mm-hmm. water on it, and then have 30,000 people run across it, and mm-hmm. it just gets mushy. So um, yeah, the aid stations were kind of- um, a little bit of a battlefield with all the crap on the ground and <laughs> stuff. Um, the one thing I never saw, and I, you pointed this out, so I'll give you credit. Um, I never saw anybody like sweeping the road off mm-hmm. of cups. Which we so, do tend to see more at races out here, including Chicago. I mean, you don't get into people's ways, but yeah. you try to just get it out of the way, whatever you, see, you can. You, you try see to just, somebody with the big plastic yeah. rake just kind of getting stuff out of the way, and right. that wasn't the case So it here. doesn't just like pile up. Um, a lot of the aid stations... You know, kind of in Chicago and other races, you know, you kind of get to an aid station and there's, you know, 100 people there handing out cups mm-hmm. in front of the tables. Here, there was nobody really in front of the tables handing out cups. Everybody stood behind the tables. That was not stations. my experience. But... That was not your experience. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, that was mine. Yeah. So then maybe that's pointless because that just changed yeah. as the race. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I can't remember every single aid station, but I know it was, it was a combination of I took cups off the table initially. Yeah. Um, but I think that might have just been because they were getting like inundated at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there was people handing out cups standing in front of the tables, behind the tables. But I'd say probably the majority in front of the tables, I think, okay. when yeah, I, I came I, through. I, so. I pulled most of my um, cups off of the tables, which uh-huh. actually to me almost works better. Um, yeah, I did that quite quicker, a few times. So. It's just, yeah. Um, fruit. At aid mm-hmm. stations? They yep. had that at several aid stations? Yeah, even more, more. I think more aid stations than what they had listed like on the pre-race information, which was nice. So bananas, mm-hmm. um, apples, sliced apples. Those were kind of the, the go-to whenever they did have fruit. Those, that's what they had, right? 
Uh, I mean, I know apples? bananas for sure. Yeah, apples. Apples, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I think so. You know, and I, I like my bananas, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was nice because they were, like, cut into, like, thirds, you know, because sometimes they give you, they try to give you, like, too much of the banana. It's right. like, I'm, like, running here, you know, or then you have to peel them. Yeah. These are, like, peeled, so I don't know. It was just really easy to, to get. But yeah, uh, fruit. They also had... Um, Aside from the sports drink, they did have a station that had, what was that little, like, box that had the fluid in it? Remember um, that you grabbed? Yeah, it's kind of... There was, like, one station with that, right? Um, yes. I only remember one with that one. I, I mean, they describe it as the multi-power gel zone, but it wasn't really a gel. It was more of, like, a drink in a yeah, little box. Yeah, but they did have gels at other places. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, then I missed that. Yeah. I was just going by the drink, I guess. Yeah, yeah, which, but it was it was, was, very it was good. like a little carton yeah. of of sports drink. Was it the same sports drink that they were serving? I don't think no. Oh, okay, I wasn't no. sure. It was definitely different. Actually, oh, okay. it tasted really good. I wish I could get some of that back at home, but I don't even remember what brand it was or anything. But um, yeah, that was pretty good. I yeah, definitely... I didn't try it because it was like too early in the race for me to try something new, so I was scared. <laughs> um, and then they did have like the gel zones. They had a, a couple of of zones with with gels. Uh, multi-power looks like that's the the brand that they were using for both the the drink which was lemon flavored and then the the gels which were boost oh boost that's probably what it was um orange and then cola so and then they had one i only remember one station it It was was two here with the red bull slash water mix Mm -hmm. and that was really obvious because they had all the red bull like signage signage and and everything and all the the young women in like red bull clothing and everything (laughs) handing that out so i saw a couple people Take Drink, it. yeah yeah I don't, I don't, neither i'm one just of us not like, a fan of yeah. red bull so yeah so we definitely did not partake in that right um yeah so that was kind of the aid stations um there was porta potties at every aid station yeah basically I mean, they did lots a really of good job. potties yep um i know when i was running by they there was basically never a line that yeah. i saw you could basically just run up and use a porta potty which is kind of cool because i know a lot of races at least for me, it doesn't seem like there's open porta potties until you get to mile 18, 20, 22 type of thing. Yeah, they had plenty, um, plenty of porta potties right from the get go. And I think I didn't see a line, but at, at most I would see like one person just waiting for the next one. Mm-hmm. But there was like four or five porta potties, you know. So now I will say these were some of the smelliest porta potties. Not the case when I ran by, but I've ever. Well, okay. But then so it's also later in the I'm day. Later in the race. There's more people. And and when I say these are the smelliest porta potties, I never used one of the porta potties. <laughs> So think that through for a second. So that means literally as you're just running by on the course, you're like, damn, what's going on, people? So, um, Well, since we're talking about porta potties, <laughs> I, I did use one um, in the second half of the race. And the first one I opened, I opened, I looked inside and I said, nope, and <laughs> closed the door and went to the next one. And I mean, once inside, it wasn't great smelling, but it wasn't the worst I've used, so... Yeah, I was just yeah. thrown because several aid stations that I ran by, and this was probably the second half of the race, I was just like, whoa, I can smell that porta potty that's way over there, you know? But, um, all right. So they were needed, apparently, you know? <laughs> all right, let's move on from the land of way too much information yeah. about this race. Right. Yeah, we always joke that we spend too much time on porta potty <laughs> talk, so let's move on. Um, checking my notes here. What else do we want to say about on the course? Um, in terms of crowds, um, you know, this is a big city race. Um, there was probably less people out there than I thought there would be. Now, two factors. The weather probably wasn't the greatest weather for yeah, being out there. Because it did rain, not heavily, but no. it did rain for a good portion of the race. And the other thing was, I, and I don't know if this had any effect on crowds or not, um, it was the day of the national elections in Germany. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if people had to go vote. And so maybe they would normally go out and 
yeah. cheer people on. Yeah. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Could so, have affected some of their plans. So, I mean, it, you know, it's definitely a big city race and there was lots of people out there, but I don't think it was as many people as I expected for a big city marathon. Mm-hmm. So a little bit less. Um, definitely in spots. It was, you know, exciting and a lot of stuff going on. But um, yeah, just a little bit less. Um, I think it's kind of equivalent to what I saw maybe in Chicago the second time we ran the race. I think the first Probably. time we did Chicago was definitely bigger More, crowds out yeah. there for sure. Um, There's a lot of... Um, one thing that I just thought was different for me that I noticed was that there was a lot of like um, people blowing whistles out mm-hmm. on course, which I normally don't hear. So like the first time, first couple times I heard it, I thought it was like police officer, like blowing a whistle, or, like a course marshal. And I'm like, what? And it's just, you know, like people just cheering. I'm like, oh, okay. So just, I mean, doesn't affect my race at all. I'm just wanted to mention that because I thought it was different. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I mean, and there was definitely some points where, you know, there were some bands out there on course, which, I mean, they just kind of looked like people that just set up shop kind yeah, of Yeah, which is always course, cool. Um, and playing music and some horns and definitely some drums and stuff. Lots so. lots of drums. Lots um, of different drums, too. Yeah. Yeah. Taiko drumming, a lot of snare drums, marching bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, at one point during the course, I came across, we were directed onto the sidewalk. And I was like, wow, this is kind of weird. Like an odd choice where's my blue line yeah i was yeah. like well i didn't even think about it at the time <laughs> oh, but i was okay. like oh where the blue line go but we were directed on the sidewalk and ran on the sidewalk for basically a block and when i got to the end of the block i actually saw um one or two ambulances um and then kind of a couple of the on course doctors they had or medical staff um on bikes and so i assumed at the time there was some type of medical emergency mm-hmm. with somebody on the course and so they directed us onto the sidewalk for basically like a block block and a half or something like that so um actually give them credit for whoever made that decision at the time, kind of, kind of smart, kind of quick decision to kind of make things easier for the emergency. And, you know, it without having to like stop. Yeah. And we yeah. didn't actually even, you know, lose any of the course or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, good decision, but kind of interesting. I don't think I've come quite across that in the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, interesting. Just making a note of that. Yeah. Um, what else on course you want to talk about? Oh, the, um, cause you were talking about going back to kind of like the, the entertainment and the music mm-hmm. they did have or their people were there with like the the big like alpenhorns mm-hmm. which was pretty cool mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever seen that on a race before so first for me as well yeah um so should we talk just jump to the finish here i guess am i missing anything along i'm trying the course? to think no i think we can jump to the finish um yeah okay I mean, well, I guess just on course, yeah, because we're, we're both just not familiar with the area. So, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, venture into trying to pronounce like the neighborhoods and that sort of thing. But they're, you know, the course does go through some pretty historic and cool areas like Potsdamer Platz. And uh, you run through uh, the Brandenburg Gate, you know, and at the beginning you do run right by the Victory Column, right in the middle of Tier Garden. Mm-hmm. So just kind of want to mention those things that we are familiar with now. Yeah. The, so. the start's pretty epic. I mean, yeah. you kind of make that first and the finish turn and then the, the finish. The so. so that's pretty cool. So I just want to mention that um, before we get right through the, and then the, well, just a note, obviously there's no mile markers on the course. Cause why would right. there be, yeah. you know, the race is in there's, kilometers. Yeah. So, um, technically the only mile marker on the course is the halfway point thirteen one. Mm-hmm. So, which was kind of nice to kind of see like, okay, where I'm at at half, you know? So, um, does make it a little bit more difficult, I think, to kind of pace yourself and gauge things out sometimes without having mile markers to kind of check yourself. But, um, and that's not a surprise, you know, that going in, so is what it is. Yeah. I think it was weirder when you ran Vancouver earlier this year, because that was kind of our first experience. Well, but Vancouver had some mile markers though, right? Oh, I think they did like five, Five, ten, that type of thing. So this, well, I don't know how much that helps me more than just kilometer versus like 5k, 10k, 15k. Okay. But anyways. 
Um, so yeah, let's just kind of talk about the finish. Um, the nice thing is you get to run um, through under uh, the Brandenburg Gate, yeah. which is probably... I don't know what is that quarter mile from the finish line, something like that. That's know. a real guesstimation, sure, we'll somewhere go with that. like that. Yeah. Um. So it makes for for a nice, you know, straightaway finish there. You run through the gate, and then the finish line is just, you know, down the road there, looking ahead, and mm-hmm. you know your typical, um, big city, uh, finish line, mm-hmm. um, there at the park. So I mean, it's basically just basically behind where you started the race. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then you just finish the race. Right? Am I missing yeah. anything? Okay. No. no. Yeah. Um typical post race kind of shoot thing, got your medal. When I did finish, um, it was like a bottleneck to try to <laughs> get through the medals. A little crowded. Yeah, I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but it was literally like you were just kinda like like inching, 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 inching. And they had tons of people handing out medals, but it's just like It's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. So just kind of inched our way forward like a little bit to like get your medal and um there were quite a few like medical staff that I could see, um, you know, kind of just scanning the crowd, make sure people were okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, after the medal, it's, I think they were doing like pictures, official pictures, I think, or water. I can't remember which one was first. I don't know. No, no water. I think it was pictures. And then you move on to not, wasn't a mylar, but it was a, like the plastic wrap blanket yeah. thing that you had described earlier. So mm-hmm. they had that. And then it was basically like the, I think they call it the catering area. So like food. Yeah. The post-race food, which you got a, a little bag, which mm-hmm. is always nice. I really Makes like that. Makes it easy to carry, yes, right? because then you just, yeah. So a bag with all kinds of different stuff, fruit, water, chocolate filled croissant, pretzels. And they had more fruit if you wanted more fruit, water, sports drink, tea, which I did drink tea at this point. <laughs> How it, was the tea? It was really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was really, I think I went back and got like another, another cup of tea it was really good and mm-hmm. it was it was warm too which was nice because then by that time you know you're cooling off a little bit so mm-hmm. yeah what else in the finish area um i mean after that you probably went to gear check i went to go get my poncho it took um, me a, a minute to find my gear check couldn't remember because i was that. like i think it's over here and i'm like no it's not over here i gotta go over there so yeah i ended up walking by like the poncho line and then got my bag which was like no problem because you know they spotted me um you know they always look at your your bib as you're coming towards mm-hmm. them so they go grab your bag so and then I did walk by the massage area. They had, they did have a big area for massage that was free massage, but the line was incredibly long, so I passed that up, and then went over to the lawn area where we had designated ahead of time where we were going to meet up. Mm-hmm. So, which is in front of the Reichstag building. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how I butchered that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was actually nice because it was this huge um, grassy area that you know definitely lots of people just kind of. You know, you can kind of just spread out and relax and mm-hmm. stretch. And yep. um, <laughs> one funny thing I think we both noticed: um, lots of people just changing clothes. Oh yeah, even like, when I was getting my gear check, like, like just like open, right, yeah, no problem, yeah. cool. So mm-hmm. you know, if you were in your underwear or whatever, like you know, whatever, no big deal. Which for which at first I'm like, whoa, and then <laughs> but then you just you're like, eh, I mean, you know, like we just all ran. Who cares? Whatever. You it know, doesn't like, matter. You just don't even... But we don't see that. Um, yeah, it didn't really matter. But it was kind of like, oh, I don't normally see that. Okay. And they did have like changing tents or... They had changing tents. They even had uh, places to shower. After the which, which I don't know, you know, exactly how that all looked or anything. But it, they had pretty good facilities to... Or plenty of options to, to mm-hmm. change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not out in the open. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, we basically just kind of stretched out and hung out a little bit. Um, enjoyed the post-race 
relaxation on the grass, which was nice because the one nice thing about it was, at least by the time I finished, it wasn't um, crowded. Yeah. I guess per se. Um, I know when we finish Chicago, it's kind of where they have you go. Um, it's not a lot of room. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just Yeah, I think you have people. less room little, to spread out there. Yeah, it's a little yeah. claustrophobic almost. It's like, oh, let me stretch out and kind of stretch out the legs type of thing. But um, yeah, that was that. And then it was basically just walk back um, to our hotel. Well, we had to return our timing chips oh, first. That's right. Don't, Don't forget, forget that. that. Yeah. Because that could have been bad. And that was before you left the, the secure runner area. So you had to take those off, you know, shoelaces mm-hmm. and drop them in an, uh, like a bucket. Yeah. Where it was being supervised. Which they had signs, so I think. Yeah. They, I think they did a really good job of their signage um, just all around the whole start-finish area mm-hmm. where, like, everything was, like, ponchos that way, you know, whatever it is that way. Yeah. So I think they, they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. The whole organization. I mean, you know, Bruins, like a lot of these other majors, they've been around for years. Yeah. They have this pretty down-packed. They know what they're um, doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Um Despite what people like us might come in and say, <laughs> despite my minor <laughs> criticism sometimes of races, um, they've been doing this for years and so they know what's going on. But um, yeah, so we dropped off our chips and then just walked back to our hotel and um, we did have to cut across, cut through the course. Mm-hmm. Um, Over by the Brandenburg Gate, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was no problem. It was yep. easy. Um, short walk. So um, they did have a, um, the only one thing that I, that I'll mention that I thought was a little odd or I would change, but that's just me, is that it did have the, like, a merchandise tent or mm-hmm. a merchandise area, but it was outside of the secure runner zone. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's kind of like you actually have to, like, leave, you know, if you want to go over there. So I, I think it'd be a good idea to either put a second one inside the secure runner area or just move that one inside. So yeah, it was kind of a madhouse around that tent Yeah, we were walking by it. But um, I guess the lesson is just buy your stuff at the expo because that's going to be way yep. easier. You're not gonna and be go tired to the expo, and... like, on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they don't run out of your sizes. That's true. Um, anything else about um, the race? I mean, we'll kind of share how our days went, but, um, anything else? They did have pacers. I don't think we mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they're listed as pacemakers, mm-hmm. which the first time I saw that kind of threw me off. Like we will have <laughs> like, pacemakers. And, Why do I what? need that? What? <laughs> yeah. So they did have, uh, they did have a lot of pacers from, from what I saw and what I heard from you and other people. They did have, um, a lot of pacers. So that was nice. Yeah. It was definitely a lot of pacers, like, not necessarily a lot of different times, but a lot of pacers right. for each time. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think it was four thirty. Um, I got passed by four thirty pacers like a bunch of times. Like I'm like, oh, there goes the four thirty, and then a little bit later in the race, I'm like, oh, there goes the four thirty, and then later it was like, there they go again. And I'm like, how many pacers are there for this four thirty <laughs> group? I'm like, I don't understand. But um, there was quite a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think the slowest pacer that they had was five. Yeah. So. I, I do remember seeing it was, that. It was three. Today. Three was the fastest, and then every fifteen minutes until four thirty, and then five. I don't think we mentioned what the um, the course cutoff time. Did did we mention that? No, we didn't. It was six fifteen, I believe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Does that I, sound right. Sounds about right. Okay. Um, I mean, the one thing I didn't have a chance to look up yet, and I don't know if I'll be able to find it, is just looking at like what the average finish time is for Berlin, and maybe what the median finish time is for Berlin because my guess is it's going to be I don't know I get that sense that it's going to be faster than like say a Chicago or even comparing it to like a New York not Boston necessarily but um, to kind of other races I don't know that's just the sense that I got and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true or not but um, I would agree yeah yeah 
All right. Anything else on the race before we jump into kind of our own stories here? I don't think so. Not that I remember or have in my notes right now. So. Okay. Um, we'll probably jump around, I guess, a little bit. Um, anything you want to kind of share your day, how it went? Yeah. I mean, I, I, as soon as I started running, my legs felt kind of tired. You were like, I'm done. This yeah, pretty out. much. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and we, I mean, you know, we're in Germany. You've never been there before. You try to see as much as you can. So we did quite a bit of walking a couple of days leading up to it. And normally I do pretty good with that. But for whatever reason, I actually, I felt it on race day. Mm-hmm. So I knew it. Like, I'm like, oh, my legs feel tired already. Not good. You know, so it didn't really have an issue at all with like my aerobic, you know, like breathing, that sort of thing. Like that wasn't an issue. It was like my legs being tired is kind of what ended up slowing me down throughout the race. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then like you had mentioned, you know, weather-wise, like temperature, I think, was totally fine. Even if it was like a couple of degrees cooler, I would have been okay with that. Uh, it was overcast, so that was really nice. And then um, just like the the light rain um, didn't really affect me, except that I think it just it ended up soaking like all my clothes like pretty early on, and I didn't realize like how like soaked my or wet my shoes and socks ended up being. So thankfully, no blisters, but my my feet did get like a little you know like macerated or whatever. Um, but it ended up, I ended up chafing in spots that like I normally don't chafe, but I think that's just because I, you know, it was, it was just, you know, my clothing was wet, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you guys all know how that feels in the, the post-race shower. Um, oh, that's fine now. And then the other thing, because of the, the, the rain, um, my race bib, I actually like the safety pin at one of the safety pins at the bottom ended up just ripping through the bib and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, just, just the safety pin at the bottom. And then I can't remember at what point it was like, maybe with like 5k or less than 5k to go, I looked down and the top of my bib is like folded over because the top safety pin had like ripped through the bib. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like repin it as I'm going on. And I guess it, I just hadn't realized like, you know, that it was like ripping through the bib. So I'm glad I didn't lose it. I did see somebody's bib just on the floor. Like, and that's probably what happened is just their safety pin. It just kind of came through the bib. So I know that's totally random, but just wanted to mention. No, it's funny because so, when I was, you know, watching at the start of the race, when I was watching on the screens the earlier waves go off i think it was wave two there was a guy right on the front row and he like had a throwaway and he took his throwaway off which essentially just ripped his bib right <laughs> off and it's like you know this is like 10 seconds before the race yeah. and he's trying to get his bib back trying on so it reminds on. me of that so yeah but i mean overall um aside from my legs being tired i felt i mean i, I probably went out faster than i should have like the first half but i mean that it happens right um Probably, I could probably say that for like half my marathons that I went out faster than I should have at the beginning. So like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, you know, my legs are tired. I'm feeling good. You know, I just need to get warmed up. Um, and I think, I can't remember exactly where, but it was after the half marathon mark. I want to say maybe around like mile 15, 16, something like that. I did have to make a, a porta potty stop, um, which, you know, always kind of throws things off, you know, where mm-hmm. you have to like stop and pull over and go to porta potty. So, um, but like we mentioned, there was plenty of them available, you know, no line, whatever. Um, then get back, got back on course. Um, and I mean, I just kind of ended up slowing down a little bit as time went on. Um, so not, a did not do a, a negative split on the course <laughs> by any means. Um, and then with like three K to go, I don't know what was going on with my phone. I, I wear race ready. I was wearing race ready, um, shorts, compression shorts. So my phone fits like in the back pocket, like just like in my lower back essentially. And I had, um, you know, wireless earbuds that I always run with. No big deal. And I mean, I'm listening to music, listening to music. And then all of a sudden it says dialing. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what's happening? Like, well, no, who are you dialing? Like, I don't even have cell service right now. Like, how are you, you know, but I'm like, I don't want them to like, to be accidentally dialing like emergency services or mm-hmm. something. So, 
um, you know, like I pressed a button that I thought would shut it off and I think it did. And then it said, redialing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So then I had to like, like pulled off to the side and walked for a little bit, trying to figure out what my phone was doing and essentially just kind of just like shut everything off. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, at that point I would, you know, I didn't really care about my time anyways, but probably lost like a minute or so there just trying to figure out what's going on with my phone. Um, yeah, I mean, I ended up finishing, I think it was like 4.03 and some change. I was looking at around four. So that's pretty close. If you take off the the porta potty stop, which I mean, you can't because I actually stopped, you know, but if you eliminate that and, you know, I'm pretty close to four, that's fine. Um, I was just hoping I'd feel a little bit better, you know, at that time than I did. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a difference between like I ran four or three and felt great versus like I ran four or three and I felt tired, you know, so I was hoping it was kind of like I ran four and felt okay. But yeah, I felt a little bit more tired than I wanted to, but nothing, no disaster, you know, mm-hmm. like thankfully no injury, nothing major happened. Um, enjoyed the course. Um, yeah, that was pretty much my race. I ended up using, you know, cliff shots. I brought, cause that's what I, I've trained with, brought my own. I think I had, I want to say five of them. I think it was five and then a couple of bananas on course. And there was one aid station that had um, pretzels. So I just grabbed a couple of those and yeah, I did end up um, drinking some of the electrolyte drink I think it was after mile 20, just because I'm, you know, I'm just so hesitant. My, my stomach's so sensitive that I'm so hesitant to try something different, you know, that early on. I figured, oh, after 20, like if my stomach doesn't like it, well, I only have a 10K to go, you know, I can run, walk it or walk it if I need to. So mm-hmm. it didn't bother me at all. So it was kind of nice to have something different to drink, like towards that end versus drinking it the entire race, right. you know, so that was kind of refreshing. But yeah, that was, that was my race. I don't think I left anything up. Do you think of anything that I mentioned before? No. No, I mean, I think you covered it. I mean, you weren't like chasing a PR or anything no. like that or going for, you know. It's always nice so. to think like, oh, I wish I could have ran faster. I mean, when do you when do you ever not think that? So, yeah. yeah. But then this is a good, I guess, starting point for mm-hmm. getting back into running a little bit faster marathons, hopefully. We'll see. So, okay. all right. How was your race? Um, my race, let's see. Um, just on the food topic, like nutrition during the race, I basically ate everything I could possibly find to eat. Which um, is unusual for you. Yeah. I don't know why. I was I was kind of hungry. Well, because and... it was a later start, maybe? <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. I actually kind of took in more before the race. No, I mean, I don't take a lot before races because I, I just, I'm always worried about stomach, although I'm usually fine um, before the race. But I did eat a little bit more in the morning beforehand just because it was a late start. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if during the race, I think I took, I don't know if I took five or six gels or something like that. Um, I had bananas a couple times on the race and- I never eat bananas. Just um, in general. In general. Yeah. Forget about during a race. Right. Um, apple, sure. An apple during the race sounds good. I took pretzels from somebody. Um, their boost thing. I was like, sure, this sounds good. I was just like, <laughs> hey, bring it on, you know. Um, I will say, I think probably- Did you have any currywurst? No. <laughs> Although I was thinking like during the race. I mean, we talked about like, I like Oreo cookies. And so, um, you know, trial race. I was like, man, I had 20 euros like in my pocket. I was like, I would have paid 20 euros for, for some- for some Oreos for some at Oreos. any points, but I, I was just hungry. Like I said, I don't know yeah. if it was um, the time of day or what was going on, but um, yeah, I mean, the weather was, I, I almost would have been okay if it would have been cooler, the weather. I think if you've seen pictures of the race, um, I think it actually made it look worse than what it was in my personal opinion. Um, you know, it's just kind of a little bit wet and yeah, I mean, you kind of got wet at the beginning and, but I mean, it didn't bother me. It didn't slow me down. Nothing there. Um, I said beforehand, I didn't really train for this thing anywhere near the amount I should have trained. So really not ready for this race. Um, 
I, I predicted I'd run like a 520 or 530. That's, that's what I told you um, the yep. morning of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plan was to get to the halfway point in 230. And then as long as I got to, to the halfway point in 230, I'd be like golden, whatever. I can you know walk the last six miles if mm-hmm. I need to or anything like that. Um, got to the halfway point in 220. So I knew I was 10 minutes ahead. Um, felt pretty good as the race went on. Um, was my, my slowest split was actually mile 18, which is weird. Cause it wasn't 22. It wasn't 23. It was, it was actually 18. And I don't know, maybe I was eating too much food in an aid station and that was that split, but, um, felt pretty good at the end coming in the last six. I was like, Hmm, not doing so bad. I'm like, I actually could come in under five, which wasn't expecting that at all. Um, you know, like I said, felt pretty decent last three miles of the race. Um, I was laughing because right before, you know, you get to the finish before the Brandenburg gate, um, I stopped to walk there cause I was taking pictures, but like three people came by me like, come on, you're almost done. Come on. You're almost done. Or like yelling, I'm just trying to take some pictures. <laughs> like I'm okay. <laughs> I'm going to make it. Don't worry about it. But, um, ended up finishing in, uh, five hours and 30 seconds. Um, so I was like, you know, in my head, I was like, you know what I was thinking was, you know, sometimes the running gods giveth, sometimes they taketh away. Um, I honestly deserved, based on my training, I deserved like a 5.30, um, which is kind of the opposite of what I did in Vancouver because I thought I deserved way better um, than what I got there. But that's just how it works out sometimes. So um, I was slightly disappointed that I didn't get in under five. Just, I mean, really, who cares? But um, no, I, I think... I mean, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah, like, who's like, like... Oh, yeah. you know, it would have been nice. Like, but, I don't um, care that you didn't come under, you know, but yeah, I know, like, just that feeling. Honestly, had it been a race in the U.S. and there had been mile markers, I think I would have got in under five, but I couldn't, I just wasn't sure how much I had to go in the race. I mean, obviously I had my GPS watch and so I can go based on that, but you never know how, how far off you are. And, you know, when I see, when I see the 40K sign and I'm like, okay, so that's 2.5K to go. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Like, I don't know what 2.5K is to go. Like, I, I can't. Don't ask me to do that kind of math. Right, versus like, oh, I have a mile. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to gauge myself. But um, but yeah, overall, I was, like I said, I was thrilled with the results, super happy. You know, immediately after the finish and walking around and the rest of the day felt abnormally good. So I have no explanation for this mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever. Like I said, I deserve to run way slower, <laughs> but, um, but I'll take it. Uh, no complaints on that one. So um, yeah, so that was my day. So I actually ended up, you know, having a really good day and felt good and um enjoyed the race quite a bit so um yeah i mean i don't know what else to say about it no i don't know that's yeah i think that's i think that's all i got to say about that (laughs) (laughs) i mean overall i mean the race is cool this is a marathon major it's a unique experience so you know for us this is you know a once in a lifetime um race i mean i don't think we're gonna go back to berlin um and never do the race again but that's because there's other places to go and other races to do um so but i mean it was definitely a cool event mm-hmm. you know it, it's definitely probably one of the easier world marathon majors to get into um mm-hmm. you know just because new york is hard tokyo is ridiculous london's ridiculous um and then i don't know if they're continuing it again um you know we registered through like a group entry so we were both in or we were both out so it worked out right um very nicely for that so that's something to consider if they continue that um, and you got, you know, somebody else to go run with, or you're going to go with a friend or family member, spouse, whatever it is. Um, keep that in mind. 
Um, what else? Uh, the metal. We didn't mention the metal. Um, yeah, we didn't mention the metal. I was just thinking that. Um, it's cool metal. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's not huge and splashy. It's kind of like what you expect from the World Marathon Majors yeah. race. It's just like a classy, solid, um, silver-looking metal with obviously the German colors on the ribbon. Um, yep, it's got a Brandenburg Gate on the front and then on the back. Um, I don't know um, if like this is a, a theme that they do every year, you know, of who they put on the back, but it's a portrait of, I'm going to do my best here, Josiah Thagwani. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Um, and he's, in case anybody's wondering, is a South African athlete best known for winning the gold medal in the marathon race in the 96 Summer Olympics. Um, he is of Debeli heritage, the first black athlete to earn an Olympic gold for South Africa. So kind of cool to like honor different, if this is, if this is like a trend that they do, mm-hmm. you know, to honor different marathoners, you know, yeah. or, or athletes. I don't know. You know, I don't know what their, their theme is on right. the other side of the medal. So that's pretty cool. All right, anything else we have to say in general about the race? We'll kind of talk about some other Germany stuff, but... Not that I can... Oh, they did have an app. Yes. Yeah, which we did use to track people, mm-hmm. each other. Not people, not just random people. Yeah, but like um, that guy John. Yeah, but that actually Tennessee. ended up being pretty helpful because I used that to track you when I was done to kind of get an idea of where you were and how your day was going. So, um, so yeah, that was useful there. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only other thing I had written down, so... In my okay. notes to mention. All right. Oh, um, sorry. One more thing. Okay. And we did put some pictures up related yes. to like the expo and the race uh, on Facebook if anybody wants to take a look. So. And I did shoot a bunch of video that hopefully I will get edited into something and put <laughs> up something. over the next couple weeks. Um, as, we will let as you time know. Permits. Um, I did. I am blaming the flight back. I did catch a cold kind of coming back. So I've been um, kind of out of it with a cold for the past week since I got back. But, you know. Um, but yeah, that's the race, World Marathon Major. Um, like I said, definitely cool once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, if you get the chance, the opportunity, you do can it. find a way to do the race. I would definitely, yep. you know, do it. I think we're kind of on this thing where we'd like to do all the marathon majors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you now have three of them down. Yeah, I'm halfway there halfway. as far as how many majors they have right now. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as they start adding more. Do it now while you yeah. can. Um, although... Yeah, you've basically done the three that are probably the easiest to get into. Probably, basically. I mean, I, which is crazy because Boston's one Boston, of them. But of time, yeah, but, but compared but... to like some of the other lotteries, yeah, yeah, it is easier to get into Boston than probably to get into the London Marathon if you don't if you're living in the U.S. Yeah, so um, I think down the line we'll probably see what we can do about someday and over the rest of our lives getting into Tokyo, New York, and London. Yep. Um, and for myself doing Boston, you know, in my next lifetime when I come back <laughs> twice as fast, I'll do <laughs> I'll do Boston then. Um, so, yeah, that's the race. Um, I, I want to give a huge shout out to um, Sarah and Alex and Florian, who um, are listeners who we got to hang out with in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, actually had a blast hanging out with you guys. Yeah, thanks um, for reaching out. That was Knowing that we most, were going to be there. So yeah, that was actually some of the most fun um, on the trip we had there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anytime we're going to be at a race, if you know you're going to be at a race and you're going to be there also, just hit us up and um, we love to to meet up with people and have a chat and whatever. So we got some cool local info Mm -hmm. um, from those guys. So that was fun. Lots of running talk and perspective. Yeah, it was fun actually getting the the kind of local perspective on running um, and races and stuff in general. So that was kind of cool. Get a little extra insight um, from somebody personally. Um, and then just want to give a shout out to Pat who we didn't get to meet at the race, but was there also, um, doing the race. Yeah. So I think that's like two marathons we've missed right now. So <laughs> next one, we got to catch up at some point. 
Um, yeah, so that's the race. Um, I, I, I guess I, I was just going to take a couple seconds here and just talk about our trip in general. Um, you know, obviously the race was on Sunday. We stuck around in Germany for all the way until Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more sightseeing in Berlin. And then we ended up heading out to Dresden, um, mm-hmm. took a train to Dresden, which was like a two hour train ride. Yeah. Nice um, train ride too. Yeah. yeah um, and trainer. then spent a couple of days there, which was a lot of fun. I actually like Dresden a lot. Um, kind of took in the sites there and it's a, it's a really great city to just kind of walk around mm-hmm. hit the market there uh get some local food um we did go on a nice hike one day which was quite a an interesting adventure yeah that was one of my favorite days there too was it's, the yeah, hike the hike yeah, yeah. um we did which part of the unique Mueller wag trail I'm yeah i mispronouncing that too but um or painter's way yeah, yeah we did go. stage two of it if anybody's interested so <laughs> so i mean overall i mean aside from the race that the trip to germany was just like i said once in a lifetime opportunity it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun um i will say if you're if you're an american going over there it's a super easy country to visit you know public transportation was easy hotels yeah. were easy yep um flying in and out was easy um you know basically everybody you're going to encounter in berlin um speaks english mm-hmm. you know everybody that you're going to run to it you know your hotel and restaurants, restaurants and tourist and, yeah right places exactly and, and the race and yeah. You know, like in terms of race officials. Yeah. It's, it's And everybody younger basically um, speaks English. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of less English when we went to Dresden, but right. it was still not an issue. But it was still fine. It was, it was doable. Uh, um, yeah. It was fun. On that day, we went hiking and stuff, stopped by a local tourist office there, and they spoke zero English. That right. kind of fun getting information there. Yeah. But, uh, we did manage to <laughs> at least get the number of bus we needed to take. <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, overall, we did we flew direct there on Air Berlin. We were supposed to fly back direct on Air Berlin, but yeah. Air Berlin went bankrupt like a month and a half ago or something like that. Right. So we were so, we got lucky that we even that our flight flew there there was not canceled, um, but then, our flight back got canceled. Yeah, a week and so. a half or two weeks before we knew our flight back was canceled, so we kind of had to scramble to get um, some flights <laughs> to get back home, and yeah. so um, we lost the direct flight. Um, is what it is. I will say after we got back, I was exhausted from a really long day of travel coming back and just the trip in general. Um, I mean, I know you mentioned like all the walking we did mm-hmm. um, kind of before the race. And after, it, I mean, the days after, I this mean, was it just was just a ton of walking. Yeah. Um, for me, I was pretty exhausted. Like I said, I was exhausted by the time we got home because it was not just the marathon. It was all the days before the days after walking, the hike, hiking, the, yeah. um, the stairs, wherever we went kind of yeah, my up, butt. up the victory column yeah. yeah yeah stairs everywhere um yeah but uh but huge fun if you get the chance to uh head out there for the race um i think it makes a great runcation yep um as a, as a place to check out and kind of cross off the list so and i know there's a lot of uh, people that either like i overheard or talked to in the starting block or like saw on social media that definitely make a uh, runcation out of this, whether it's a couple of days in Germany and then you head over to somewhere else or yeah. So I think it's a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. It was interesting because at our hotel in Berlin, um, obviously tons of runners at the hotel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but they cleared out pretty quick. Like, yeah. By Monday they were like a lot of gone. people like either left Sunday post race or yeah. Monday morning they were out. Cause, yep, Cause Tuesday there was like, Tuesday, it was like you didn't even know there was a marathon two days before. <laughs> it's like, where'd all the runners yeah. go? I'm so confused. Yeah. Um, we're still here. Come on. Yep. So, um, yeah, people cleared out <laughs> quick, but I mean, other places to go, I guess. So, yep. Or they got to get back home. Anything else before we wrap this up? I think that's it. I'm sure I'll think of something that we'll have to mention yeah. next time. We'll but. have old business on the next one. Um, if you have any questions about the race, any questions about anything we mentioned or didn't mention, 
let us know and we'll 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 cover it mm-hmm. um yeah otherwise i think that's it all right till next time the website for the podcast is embracerunning.com you could find us on facebook at facebook.com slash embrace running send us any comments questions or feedback at feedback at embracerunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223 if you enjoy the show give us a review on itunes so until next time embrace running <laughs>